Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia Watkins. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Dr. Alicia. How are you doing today, babe? Well, the room is spinning a little bit. That's how I'm doing. Oh, <laughs> Let me tell you why an open bar at that place. You always ask for the open bar. No, but we went to a really nice event tonight. Because she's crazy, y'all. She always wants an open bar. <laughs> well, there was an open bar, and I took advantage of it. Yes, you did. And you had some wine, and I looked out for you. You did. You looked out for yeah, me. Yeah, so I don't <laughs> know if she's going to take be able to take full responsibility for everything she says <laughs> tonight. And we are going to make this a short pillow talk. The room is spinning a little bit, is but it? I'm okay. Okay, okay. So everybody, are uh, welcome. I know that it's the middle of the night, but we decided uh, we met some of you. We met some of you tonight who said that you watch. I'm excited to meet you. I'm so inspired uh, that we said, you know, let's let's jump right back in. Let's jump in and start doing this more often because uh, there's so many of you that show appreciation. We appreciate that. And you can also even, if you catch us online anywhere, or you see something in Instagram particularly, uh, and you have a question you want us to address or an issue or a topic, don't hesitate to send us um, any topics that you think would be good to cover on the Pillow Talk. So I'm going to say hello to Robert Thompson and Kill the Captain. And do me a favor, give me a yes in the chat if you can hear us okay. Let us know. Let us know if you can hear us. Uh, hey, Lynette Perry, how are you? I'm going to make sure I'm coming through okay. And we're not going to go for too long because um, because Alicia's <laughs> ready for bed. Let's just say that. And uh, I see Anthony Green and uh, Ivy Yancey and uh, Robert Thompson. Uh, thank you for the yeses, Ivy, Ivy and Robert. I appreciate that. All right, we know that it's late and some of you are going to catch the recording. That's totally cool. But um, we just decided to go ahead and go live just whenever. We try to be free spirits in that way. Yeah, so shout out to Julian Gordon and multi-family yes. movement. Yeah, we had a good time tonight. We were yeah. in New Orleans, and uh, that's us. We we stayed at you know stayed at the that fa fancy that fancy Shea Whitey Hotel, <laughs> the fancy Schmancy Hotel, and um and then uh, also that that's a picture of me and my brother Lawrence who was here, and I love love my brother very much. And that's Alicia Smiley. She's sitting next to D One. Uh, D1 yeah. is a, a buddy. He's a very, he's like a he's like a relative actually. And happy birthday to his um date. Yeah. Bree. What was her name Bree? Yeah, yeah Bree. her name is Bree and today was her birthday. Oh, well happy birthday to Bree. That's, that's right. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, so we 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 came down to New Orleans to have some fun and we saw this thing online that we just had to address in a pillow talk. We thought it was really interesting. And I'd like to get your your thoughts on this. So, I'm going to read I'm just going to jump right into it. So the question is I I'm taking my boyfriend and our kids on a family vacation. He feels like I'm wrong for not including his kid. I told him he or his baby mother can pay for their kid if they want to go. I feel like that's not my kid, so that's not my responsibility. And then she says, I'm a wrong. I think she's asking, am I wrong? So what do you think? What do you think? Do you think she's she's wrong or do you think that it's, it's okay for her to plan a family vacation, to pay for her boyfriend, and his and her kids, which that's right there is kind of interesting, right? <laughs> like, what is he contributing? But but then she tells him, "You can't bring your kid. I'm only gonna pay for my kids and you." No, he, I think she's saying you could bring your kid, but you gotta pay for him. Well, let's see. Wait, let's read it again. She says, "I'm taking my boyfriend and our kids on a family vacation." So she's paying his way. It sounds like she says, "I'm taking them on a family vacation." Yeah. 
He feel like I'm wrong for not including his kid. I told him he or his baby mother can pay for their kid if they want to go. Oh, so he's saying the kid can go, but she's not paying for everybody. She ain't paying for it. Well, that's the, I don't think she's wrong. She ain't paying for it. I don't think she's wrong because, number one, I'm trying to figure out why your woman taking you on vacation like you wanted the kids. <laughs> like, it's like, man... That though, boy. you got a lady probably let's say she got three children and uh, you could easily be like no you really got four kids okay no 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 your husband <laughs> your boyfriend is one of the kids i this 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 i'm sorry i would let me just say i would take you and your kid on vacation but you us. i would not allow you to yeah but i would do it i know I would, you would right but i would not allow you to okay no wait okay let me just say when i went to guyana Mm-hmm. I did bring you with me to Guyana. Yeah, and but if, but you if did, your child but no, wanted no, no, to no, come no. along, no, let, I would pay no, for no, them. no, 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 no. Let's be clear. Let's keep this <laughs> on the record. Doctor Boy's always had his own money. I was a millionaire when we got together, so let's not even play like yeah, that. Yeah, but because you know, they, because the internet will run away with crazy rumors. Like they, they seriously, like they. I no, 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 no. I had my own money, and no, I would don't 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 no no no. But no. it wasn't really my money; it was the government's money. Well, yeah, but either way, though, and I, I was still like, I, I'm I, taking you. No, and... just as a matter of pride, I would never ever be included in uh, any paragraph <laughs> that involves somebody like my woman paying for me to like really? go on a vacation. No, I, I just don't do it. No, it's not, it's not oh, appropriate. So, so here's the deal. So with this guy, um, so, so she's saying that she's taking her boyfriend. Well, first of all, it's a boyfriend. So it's not a husband, which means that it's a different kind of relationship that, that right Ooh. now, if she was taking her husband on the trip and her husband had a child, then that would seem more appropriate for her to expect, you know, like hers is what's his. Well, mind. if you're married, then it's both of them paying for it, really. Yeah, I mean, when you're married, I feel like it's like if when you spend money, I'm spending money. When I spend money, you're spending money because we're in it together, mm-hmm. right? And and maybe that's an argument in favor of, you know, some type kind of commitment because she has no commitment for this man. Like this is her boyfriend. Ah. You know, and th- I think this is kind of the backdrop or the problem when you have just these chaotic, confusing family situations anyway. Everybody's like, well, no, that's mine. That, you know, and I remember um, one time 20 years ago, I, I dated a girl and I and we were at Best Buy and I didn't have, I left my wallet at home and I said, hey, can I borrow $50 and I'll pay you when I get back to the dorm? It was like that. I was in graduate school and she said, no. And I said, why not? She said, because it's mine. It's my money. I said, yeah, but I'm going to give it right back to you. Like, what are you talking about? And I remember that, that made me so mad. I was yeah, like, wow. Because I would have Did gla- you dump her after that? Yeah, well, she wasn't that pretty anyway. I didn't like her that much. An ugly lady wouldn't do it. Right, exactly. You ugly, so you need to be pulling out your whole <laughs> wallet. You need to pay for all of this. <laughs> she, so she thought she she was doing you a favor. I have no idea. I don't. It, it's all black history at this point. Interesting. So so what do you guys think? Uh, you know. So so here's what I'm. When I dissect this, I'm gonna read this again. I'm taking my boyfriend and our kids on a family vacation. So our my boyfriend and our kids. So that means that she's got kids with this man. Mm-hmm. You know, which which is you know. I think that there was some old, there's some old school people who would say it's not, you know, like, why are you having all these children with a man you're not married to that? But then again, maybe the options aren't there. I don't know. Um, he feels like I'm wrong for not including his kid. So we've got our kids and his kid. 
So, okay, that's interesting. I told him he or his baby mother can pay for their kid if they want to go. So she's saying he can go, but I'm not paying for that lady's kid. She don't have enough money. She ran out of money. Mm, She's like, I only have enough money for all of us. I hadn't really planned on another person. Yeah. Well, you know what? When I put on my finance professor hat, one of the things I can say for sure is one of the reasons why I'm a big fan of Black economic intelligence and financial literacy is that when you're smart about money and you, then you tend to have more money and when you have more money you don't run into problems like this like you're not going to fight people over money like if i if i got like just this for example when we're going we're, we're going out of town for an extended period of time one of our girls asked if her friend could go and i money didn't even cross my mind it wasn't like oh well that's another mouth to feed we got, you know, if we go to McDonald's, now we got to pay for, for, you know, three kids instead of four kids <laughs> instead of three. We're not thinking that way because because we're financially secure, right? And I think that's a big reason, you know, for parents to put their children in a financially secure position because, you know, when you can, when the money problem is kind of gone, you can make decisions based on what you actually want to do as opposed to fighting over money. Or maybe she's just not that into him. Maybe. Maybe she's just like, I don't really care for him so much, so I ain't paying for this child. I don't see any future in this. Maybe. I don't know. I, all I know is it sucks for the kids. And that's, you know, that's another problem. Yeah. Like, when we have these crazy confusing family situations, mm-hmm. it's confusing as hell for the kids. The kids are just like, I, I just want to go to Disneyland, like yeah, everybody else. And they don't know why. You know, and and I and I can oh. and I get that. I I can I under, down that I understand because I know um, even though my father, I had my biological father, and then I had my stepfather who raised me, but he was he's really my father, and I didn't even notice that they saw me differently from the other cousins. Who saw you? His his side of the family. They ah. they loved me. You know, I was cool. I fit in. But I didn't quite fit in completely the way they did, you know. You felt like and, an outsider. No, not really. I mean, okay. it's just, but it's just more like little things I look back on where they did things differently for them than they did for me. It, it was because I wasn't their kid, you know. It was my father's job to be paying for me, not my, not my dad who raised me, like you know. But he just took that responsibility on. But the point is that like kids don't know that kids don't know the difference between the pe- the adults that are responsible for them and the ones who are not responsible for them. So I think we as adults should be empathetic to that. You know, like to me, it's like, even if the kid knows, I'm like, I'm be to tell, I might tell the kid, look, I'm not your daddy, but if there's something that the daddy would provide that isn't expensive for me, I would probably provide it. Yeah. The, the kid needs food. We go feed this kid. Yeah, uh, I do. I agree with you. I think that you need to treat all the children the same. Yeah. So like everybody, no matter what, because you think about it, like your household has a certain income. But then your child's household, if they don't live with you, they have another income level. So if you if you have more money than they do, you really don't need to let them feel it. Like when they're at your house, everybody needs to get the same amount of money. Everybody gets needs to get the same amount of food and, and everybody needs to go on the same vacation together and not say, well, because you're less than in terms of economics at your mama house, you can't come over here and live like everybody else. Yeah. So yeah. you you do need to have a commitment that everybody gets treated equally. And that, that's what I like about black families. 
because mm-hmm. for the most part, it's I see black families really saying no. Everybody gets treated the same, the same. Right. Mostly. Yeah, and I just wish, I just wish we would do a little more Planned Parenthood. That's it. Everybody talks about Planned Parenthood when it comes to abortion, but don't nobody talk about Planned Parenthood when it comes to having the baby. You know, yeah. more more babies are born than there are aborted, and I think if, if I'm not mistaken. And to me, you know, when you talk about planning it, you know, don't create a shit show for your family. You know, like if you have structure and all the kids have the same mama and the same daddy and they live in the same household, it's easy mm. to have a uniform procedure. But if you don't, you get into these stupid debates that drive me crazy like well, if I buy McDonald's for my son, I'm not going to buy McDonald's for them other kids. You know, first of did all... Did you see that story, boys? Yeah, I did. But that was actually... They said that was a skit. That wasn't actually... I thought it was for real. No, I think it was a skit. A, no, it wasn't a skit. No, when the lady was on and she said that her baby... Wait. Her when baby, he... He bought the McDonald's and he did. He brought McDonald's for his yeah, but that, child, but, that, but he didn't buy buy McDonald's for yeah, everyone else. But I don't no, think, that was real. No, look it up. I think it was a skit. But either way, it led to a deep conversation, mm-hmm. right? And so my point is to say, you know, when you don't do good Planned Parenthood, you end up having those stupid conversations. Like what if do I, you mean by it, it, it becomes, Planned Parenthood? It means having a plan for your life. You know, I don't know why. I, I think that hip hop just screwed up the brains of black people so bad that that some of us, not all of us, but some of us really believe you're supposed to go through life without a plan, without being prepared for a disaster, you know, or being prepared for difficult situations. Because a little planning would lead to two things. One, if you make a plan, you could be financially secure. So that by the time you're having kids, you're not deciding which kid gets to eat McDonald's and which one doesn't. Because paying for McDonald's ain't a big deal when you've got streams of income or oh. business or investments. Oh, by it, the way, and let me just add something in there. I do want you to continue with what you're saying, but the thing is, is that I'm not certain going to McDonald's is the best nutritional well, meal plan for I mean, your family. I mean, shit, kids <laughs> like McDonald's. I love McDonald's. How many of y'all like McDonald's when you were a kid? I, I know y'all probably, some of y'all probably don't I like now. McDonald's, but my, my parents don't never lie. bought me McDonald's. Don't lie. Well, Do you, you know my parents ne- never bought me McDonald's? I consider that to be a form of abuse. It, I think so, too. That's neglect. You need to talk to my parents about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Any, anybody else remember begging your mama for McDonald's money? She said, she I, never got I, ain't got, I ain't got no McDonald's money. No. And, then, and then you see a $20 bill hanging out of her purse. <laughs> and you would just get so mad because you could buy like French fries and a burger for like two fifty at that time. Yeah, my mom was like, "I'm not paying three dollars for a burger." Right, and that's that's just abuse. She made she cooked. My mom cooked every day. Well, you know, your mom kept you healthy too. Like it's probably not like <laughs> a, a badge of honor that my mama took me to McDonald's. But either way, though, you were so rich. But either way, though, I did I didn't like that whole debate where it's like. You got your children fighting over scarce resources because you didn't make a plan for your life. You know, you're bringing kids into this damn world. You know, you ain't got a pot to piss in yet. You haven't, you know, there's no structure there. You got babies, mamas everywhere, baby daddies everywhere. Like, I really just think that we need to declare war on broken family, you know, on the broken family mm-hmm. structure. Like, I, I'm not on broken families, not on single mothers, not on single dads. I, I don't, I'm not saying that. I'm saying we got to really just, kind of just understand like a lot of these situations are preventable and you got to get help get your therapy get your you know mentorship or whatever but you know and i don't know i don't know what what did it but 
just there's like a decay in the thinking and the planning. So what happens is that when you have a chaotic situation where it's like you got four kids coming into the world, it's like and each kid is like, well, your daddy does this and my daddy does that. Every kid got a different daddy. Everybody's daddy treats them different. I got McDonald's. You ain't get no McDonald's because your daddy's in prison. That's just a mess. Yeah, it's just a damn. It is, and I really think that if there's not enough income, or if there's not enough money for everybody, then then we don't go. If if Mm -hmm. we if we can't afford for all of us to go on this vacation, then none of us get to go. Yeah. Or if we can put our resources together so that everybody gets to go, then we all get to go. Yeah. Like that would be that would be great family planning, because I mean things happen. Things happen, boys. Yeah. So let me let me go and let me let me pull back. By the way, you're listening to Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia Watkins. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I'm a finance professor. My wife, uh, Alicia, is a licensed therapist who has been seeing couples for many, many years. And she's also a full professor of social work. So what we like to do is have intelligent conversations surrounding areas related to love and money and everything in between. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about what Dr. Alicia does, you can go to the coaching with DrAlicia.com. Uh, and also, if you'd like some free resources on drama-free lifestyles when it comes to money and relationships, just visit voiceandalicia.com. We have free resources that you can pick up. Also, you can subscribe to the platform there. All right, so let me just kind of read this one more time, and I'm going to give a summary on my response. And I like your summary, Ben. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. You ready? All right, here we go. So I'm going to read this question, and then I'm going to give my quick response, what I would say to this young lady if I was talking to her. I'm taking my boyfriend and our kids on a family vacation. Okay, that's why I interrupt and I say, you know, you should not be taking him on family vacations. He should be chipping in. Like, I would just say, like, what is his contribution? Or are you paying for everything? That right there sets the wrong precedent. Well, it, I think it's her idea. Maybe the vacation is her idea and she's sparking. Yeah, I get it. The whole vacation. I get it, but he should still contribute. I just feel that that's just important. I, I believe in a little bit in gender roles. And I think as a man, yeah. it should it should be a little embarrassing to him if she's paying for everything. Well, she's like, including... it's my idea. I'll pay right. for it. That's what it's going to be. Right. So, okay. here, so here's what's interesting. So she says he feels like I'm wrong for not including his kid. I, t- it's, I told him he or his baby mother can pay for the kid if they want to go. So what what's really happening with him is he's seeing a transfer of power. This is what happens when when men get emasculated and women become the masculine creatures in the in the family. It's when the man you know converts himself into what um, Dolores Jones refers to as the hobosexual. The hobosexual is the guy who is there to have sex with the woman, but he's bumming off her financially. That is not in a man's nature. It is not in a man's nature for you to be broke, laid up with a woman, uh, you know, taking all the goodies and not contributing to the household. You know, you get your ass up there and you work. You go find a way to contribute something. You know, so basically by her taking the reins and paying for everything and him allowing this to happen, he's lost power. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. So I'm not certain if he's allowing her to do it. She's just doing it. Well, either way, it's 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 a it's a it seems like just this weird, kind of almost backward scenario, you know, and just the idea that he would even expect that he could just bring this child in from this other whole other relationship and expect his girlfriend to cover the cost, you know. Well, what's wrong? That's kind of crazy. What's wrong with the woman making more money? Maybe she makes more money than he does. What's wrong with that? Um, there's nothing wrong with the woman making more money, but there is a problem when the man makes no money. I think the man should contribute something. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like you know, just to the point where he could at least say, okay, I will allow you to pay for things, but 
I'm here if you need me. If you need me to have your back, I got you. You know, and if it does get disrespectful, like where she's talking down on him or whatever because she's paying for everything, and I've seen that happen. I've seen, um, I knew a lady who was a corporate executive. She was married to a guy that worked at the post office. She was paying for everything, so she became very disrespectful toward him. Uh, I think resentful. Really? because Yeah, because she wanted more for the household, and she couldn't get it because he worked at the post office. Well, also, it turned out at the same time that he had girlfriends, like, all over the city. He was just, you know, he wasn't. You know that happens. There's mm-hmm. research studies on that. Mm-hmm. That men who make, men who make less money than their spouse tend to cheat. Mm-hmm. Because it's almost like they lose their sense of manhood. And that, like, you know, having um, having extramarital relationships is a way for them to establish their manhood Mm. that's a consistent study across the board Mm. that that tends to happen but what's more likely to happen i'm not saying it it happens for everybody yeah that kind of kind of sucks i guess and it's like that specifically for black men Mm. very interesting yeah yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's really tough, you know. So, so yeah, so I think that if I were her father, I'd probably say, well, what is he contributing? And then I would probably look at him and say, why do you expect her to pay for you and also pay for your child? It's bad enough that she's paying for you and you're paying nothing. It's even worse when you're trying to bring these other people along. And, and then this child, unfortunately, if, you know, if they don't have parents that are willing to cover their cost, how's that child going to feel? You know, when well, you say child's you can feel terrible, it's yeah. like they're siblings. These children are siblings to each other. I mean, it can be a different mother, but they still are blood relatives. Mm-hmm. And and why not include everybody? Yeah, As many people as you can conclude, you uh. know, why not make that sacrifice so that everybody's available? And maybe she's like, hey, let's all put our money together. Ask his mama. Ask his mama, the baby mama, to put her money together. So all of us put our money together so we can go. Yeah. Well, you know. either way, I wish them the best. And anybody listening, if you haven't had kids or yet or you're thinking about your your future, just remember people who have a plan tend to be in a better position than people who don't have a plan. And mm-hmm. if you are stuck, you know, if you are stuck and you're not sure what to do, there are people out there that can help you. There are books out there you can read. There's courses you can take. There's stuff on YouTube University. I would encourage you, like, get the information, man. Like, don't don't live your life like these people that are making one mistake after another, and then they they walk around, you know, talking about how sad they are. You know, be smart. Have a plan. That's that to me. That's what I call Planned Parenthood. Yeah, but the the plan has to be together. Like, you and your spouse have to come together and decide. Okay, how are we going to manage these children? Mm-hmm. You know what? What are going to be the rules when we go on vacation? When we go out to eat? Then we have to be vacation. When when we do things together? When we, you know, who are we going to involve? Mm-hmm. You know, Christmas time. Everybody needs to get the same amount of gifts. You don't want one set of children to get gifts, and then the other set of kids don't get no gifts. Right. That's that's just trifling. You know, I mean, I don't think that's fair for the children. I think it's demonic for a parent to do that and and, and take care, take better care of one child than the other. Yeah. Like they're literally setting those poor kids up for a lifetime of pain. And kids notice. Kids, you think children don't notice? Oh, they notice, notice who gets more and who doesn't. Yeah. You know, and that yeah. creates such animosity, and then you feel like you're less than and mm-hmm. and it and it creates like a problem between the children. Yeah, yeah. 
Let's see, Don Scott says Dr. Boyce, you called it right about Elon Musk backing out of that Twitter deal. Yeah, that that was that writing was on the goal on the wall, Don. Um, but what I do think is going to happen is it's very rare for um, a company to be able to back out of a merger plan. Uh, what he's what he's trying to argue is that Twitter just had um, I think it's a materially adverse effects. Uh, I think they called MAE. And it's very rare that you can win a lawsuit based on MAE. So what's probably going to happen is they're going to force him to buy Twitter, but he's going to pay a lower price. So what is up with Elon Musk? Like he, I think he's got commitment issues. Like it seems like his personal life and the fact that he married that lady twice and he's got all these baby mamas. I'm sorry. Elon Musk has got how many baby mamas now? Mm, four. Uh... You know, four or five baby mamas. There's something with him when it comes to like commitment and when it comes to him like following through with his plans. Like this whole deal with Twitter, to me, it just mirrors his entire interpersonal relationships. Well, it'll be interesting. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Like there's something to that. Well, you know, I mean, there probably is. You don't think so, really? Yeah, I mean, I I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. I mean, I, I see with him. I expect almost anybody to do, that's done what he's done to be a little weird, you know, like or a guy like, a, say, a Michael Jordan. You know, Michael Jordan's mentally disturbed because, you know, you, he he had to have some kind of pain that fueled his passion. You know, mm-hmm. so with Elon Musk to work as hard as he works and do all the stuff that he's doing, you know, I know that feeling, you know, just <clears throat> being in beast mode all the time when it comes to work. It creates distorted a distorted personal life. You know, <clears throat> when I used to just work nonstop, I had a very distorted, very imbalanced personal life. You, you feel know? you're more balanced now. Do you feel like because you're married that you're a little more? You've lost your edge. Have you lost your edge, boys? Well, you know, have I, think, I softened you now? Well, well, the thing is, I probably. But the thing is, I I was intentional about that. Again, I make plans. I make five, ten year plans for my life. So my ten year plan was in my forties, I want to settle down and get married and live like regular people. In my thirties, I didn't want to do that. In my thirties, I was single. I was happy being single. I was not looking to marry anybody. Wait, um, if we dated in your thirties, are you trying to say you wouldn't marry all of this? You um, wouldn't want to put a ring on this. Well, I think you're gorgeous, and I love you. But you wouldn't want to commit to me. What's up with that? I can't say I wouldn't. I would just say I would be reluctant because it was hard. In my third, because I was. I mean, if you're working ten, twelve hours a day, and you just don't want anything to get in the way of that, like in that stage of my life, it was better for me to have a pure life where I could literally just focus all my energy on my goals. And I, and, you don't think you could like get married to me and then have children? Um, Back then, in your thirties. Well, the thing is that marriage requires a lot of energy on its own. It's <laughs> like, I mean, marriage really is like a project in itself. I don't know if you, <laughs> how many married people are in here, but like, you got to really be ready to commit yourself to all the shit that just comes with, like, you know, managing a family. It's hard work, you know. So, I just didn't at that time feel like it would be something that would be good for me, based on the fact that I was so overly. I had these unfulfilled um, desires. Like I wanted to succeed at the highest levels. I wanted there to be really There are a lot good. of successful men who got married in their 30s and they haven't been able to do Yeah, it. but there's a lot of those, a lot of those men are also in divorce court. And I didn't want to end up in divorce court. So, because I had a lot of friends who were divorced. So I just said, okay, instead of dragging another person through all this, especially being an entrepreneur, where one month you got money, next month you're broke. 
then you're then you got money and then you're broke. I didn't want to spend time arguing with my wife and having to. So we couldn't go on vacation and bring all the kids with us. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I, I preferred to get. I'll ma- take you on yeah, vacation. Yeah, I, wanna, I was making good money. But I want I wanted to get married once I was financially secure. So like now, see, the, here's the thing, right? So when you and I got married, I was in my late forties. I had already achieved almost all my every goal I ever had, every dream I ever had. I achieved almost all of them. And I had money. I had plenty of money in the bank. I don't get so it. I it, don't know. Like, I don't know why men feel like they can't get married until they got their money a certain way. Like, um, I don't get that. Well, because, That's not what we as women really want. Well, because men, men not I, don't, I can't speak for all men. I can only speak for ambitious men. Ambitious men, we feel like punks when we don't have what we need. Like, we, you know, when you want to win, when it's when you have that hunger... You don't want to walk around like, you know, like a little handicapped kid. You it's know, not handic- see, we as women, we just love you anyway. I know you love us anyway, but the thing is, you and stress, we- but you can stress us out if if we're like if the money ain't right. No, we, we do not. Women, I, 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 I let me just say this: when I wrote that book, financial lovemaking, and I interviewed dozens of women about their financial situation, I learned without a doubt that financial instability really affects women emotionally okay so, they do not like it so and remember uh-huh. this as an entrepreneur my life was very financially unstable in the beginning and i didn't want to drag another person through that my brother i dragged him through it because he's very stable he's very cool he's not going to um harass me he's not going to be like well we didn't pay the money and where's the money you need to stop this pipe dream he didn't do all that he just say okay well so the car got repossessed all right so so well at least we got no. another car Listen, what I'm saying is that you live within your means no matter what. Mm -hmm. So there are plenty of entrepreneur families in their 30s that are up and coming and they are married and they have Mm -hmm. families Mm -hmm. and they're able to live within their means, below their means, so that they can be a little more risky in their business. So I'm saying is that there's a lot of balance that's there and men need to stop thinking that they're only worthy of being a husband when they have money, because well, that's not really well, what then, us as women. Well, then also want. sometimes, like like you know, when you're younger, it's the monogamy thing is a lot harder to do when you're in your twenties. Well, and that's 30s. that would be for that. You. That's but no, I think I, I, I from all the my male friends that I know, most many of them have had. You, you have know, to speak for yourself. Though. No, no, I know, I know. I'm speaking for my friends and the guys I know. You know, it's like you know, I think that that's worth putting on the table. So I think. If you're not interested in monogamy, which I don't know, I can't say I was super interested in it when I was in my twenties. Um, it wasn't like I was trying to just run, run, run the streets. Thirties, thirties are still a little bit of that in you, but it's more so like I just believe you should make your own choice. You know, the feminists get to say, you know, do what they want to do and say what they want to say. Well, how so? They just how, could, they, how they, so? they they run around. They say my body, my choice, and all that. Well, no, I said, they don't. There's I, a lot I of said, people who say that. Well, I said that my, has that's not well, a tie. Said, well, that's my, not, my, my model saying that is not tied model, to a certain but my, to a certain label. Right. A but, lot of people okay, feel that way. My model was my life, my choice. So mm-hmm. when people would say, "Well, why aren't you married yet?" I say, "Well, why don't you go get married? I don't want to get married. I don't need to get married. Mm-hmm. I'll get married when the time is right." So my plan, I had a plan. My plan in my thir- early thirties was. I'm going to spend my 30s working my butt off so I can achieve my goals without being deterred. I don't want to have to talk. I don't have to explain it to anybody. I don't want to have to get anybody's cosign. I want to just do this and do it right. 
And so um, I did that. And then I said, okay, now that I'm in my 40s, I want to go and live a little bit more of a normal life because I don't want to live like this forever. Because I know that, you know, you get... That's very retroactive. You just kind of fit. You have fit what's happened into what you say you really wanted. Oh, no, I used to but say... But I used to... But no. you, you were engaged to be married. I was engaged. I, I certainly was, right? You would, and, but, you but would but have here, been faithful right, to that lady. Right, but here's the thing about the engagement in my 30s, right? I wanted to marry her, and I thought she was awesome. But when she wavered and said, I don't think I want to marry you, I didn't talk her out of it. I was like, okay, no problem. And it was fine. It it, it wasn't like I mm. was determined, right? We're, you know, so so the point of the matter, though, is Wait, that, so she was a little lukewarm on you or something? What'd you I, say I to her? I don't know. I don't want to talk you about her. You said something to her that made her Well, I, don't, I would rather not talk about it. But, but the point is that... Um, that you know that at the end of the day i made my choice for my life i had a plan for my life and it was the light it was the plan mm -hmm. that i executed and you know sure i could have got married in my 30s but i didn't and you know and and, and in my 40s i was like okay now i want a different experience so i personally think people have the right to make the choice they need to make and one of the things i always tell guys you know and this is where people thought that i didn't like kevin samuels and that's not true i thought kevin samuels was smart in some areas, but in How some, so? some, well, he was logical. He's very logical, very intelligent, man. He just, he was, he just learned that being mean and harsh was going to get him a lot of views on YouTube. And that's, that was the part that I just disagreed with where I was like, I don't think you have to tell people they're going to die alone to make your point. I think you can make your point without. You bring him up in a lot of discussions. I noticed. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so my point is to say that like the guy's, thought that I didn't like Kevin because I was warned to them. I said, look, when you're in your 40s and 50s, you probably shouldn't try to date like you did in your 20s and 30s. A lot of these guys think they ain't never going to get old. They swear they they, they want to be players for life. And you see it with rappers sometimes. You know, that's why you see these rappers that'll die at 45 years old or have strokes at 42, 43, because you're smoking, drinking, and living wild like you did when you were 25 and your body can't take it no more. And I think that's what killed Kevin. He died of a heart attack because you're 57. You you out here. Nobody's making you a home cooked meal. Yeah, you just a single man. Right at, at, at 57. In a way that wasn't right at 57. Okay. In, my, in my view, your goal, you know, I don't know. I I you know, again, I'm not speaking down on anybody, but I will say, if you met this lady 24 hours before you you know you died, you don't want to die in the arms of a lady you just met. Not at no 57 years old. Now, if you're 27, hey, that's different. Well, you're 57, you're almost 60. That means your life has to evolve. And I think that black men have to grow up. You know, the smart men are the ones who kind of say, like the guy we met today, Vernon. Vernon out of Alabama. So let me tell you all about Vernon. So I met this guy. I was standing on the corner in New Orleans, right? We're headed over to the hotel. <laughs> and a guy stops his truck and he says, hey, Dr. Boyce. I said, hey, brother, how you doing? And he said, hey, man, I love, I listen to you. I listen to, oh, Dr. Leisha, I listen to y'all's people talk. Right, so me and Bernard are just chopping it up, going back and forth. Coolest guy in the world. He's in the pickup truck. I'm waiting for an Uber. And I said, hey, man, can you give us a ride? And, you know, that, that way we can keep talking. And, and we can get a ride to the hotel. And he said, sure. So we got in the car with Vernon. Check this out. Vernon has been married 33 years. He, uh, he served as a U.S. Marshal for a long time. He's a retired U.S. Marshal, retired military. Shout out to everybody in here that's, that served the country. I appreciate you. He, he had a ton and of... And the Air Force. He had a bunch of money in his mm -hmm. 401k. I won't tell you what the amount was, but, it, but, but he, he, he was doing good. 
And he also had started buying property. And he, and he literally actually told me that he said, you were the reason I quit my job. And I said, man, wow, that's amazing. And to me, I liked, you know what I liked about Vernon? Mm-hmm. You know what I liked about him? What was that? He was a grown ass man. He was yeah. he, he was a man who had been. Yeah, but he was married thirty years. Right. And he was fine with that. Okay, that's true too. I mean, he flies in the face of everything that that's, you just have no, sitting no, no, here no, talking no, no, about. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying to you, though, right? You're By right. the way, okay, excellent point. Excellent point. Excellent. So you're not speaking for all men. Excellent point. I'm not speaking for okay. all men. But I am saying my point with Vernon is to say that Vernon is a guy who lived his life as a grown ass man. He he didn't you know he he didn't just he's not immature because what they do is they end up um, like hip hop music convinces a lot of black men to live like teenagers, you know like like it just kind of presents these forty year old guys running around here like little kids and you see it on the internet you see 45, 50 year olds arguing like little children it's embarrassing it's pathetic and I just really think as black people we have to raise the bar. So overall, long story short, um, I don't think anybody has to be forced to be married because marriage is hard. And I think people should do it if they want to do it. They don't want to do it. They shouldn't be pressured to do it. I don't think marriage is hard. I think the people who get married sometimes make it difficult. Either way. More difficult than what it has to be. And I think that we bring so much of our baggage. A lot of us have baggage. So like this lady with this pillow talk, this lady in and this this her boyfriend they're bringing their baggage into the relationship so it's not the marriage that's difficult or relationships that are difficult it's really just what you bring to it and your background and some of your triggers and some of your issues you bring into the relationship yeah or how could you not well i think that it's just hard in, in in the world we live in i think we live in a world that encourages people to be selfish and to want what they want and to believe that if you can't get what you want in your relationship, then you should end. And you why can't you get? It. Why can't you and your spouse get what you want? Like boys, why no, no, can't no. we be? Why can't we be fabulous with ourselves, with each other? I think we can. And I why, think why can why can we not? Live? Because human beings are not the same, and no, two it's your mind. and two people may have different goals. So the man may say, "I believe I want to be." To me, freedom means this. If the woman may say, well, if you do this, then I'm going to divorce you because that means you're mistreating me. Right. So. So, I mean, you know, so. So ultimately, I think overall, it's it's easier in a selfish world for people to find their bliss individually. But what I think they, they forget is that if you can humble yourself mm-hmm. to be part of a collective you can get a whole lot more done. Like it's easier, mm-hmm. you know, like, so like this single parenting thing, it's really hard to be a single parent. It's hard to be a single mother. It's hard to be a single father. Well, it's easier to be a single mother than it is to be in a relationship where there's abuse. Yeah. yeah no, that, I mean, but, and that's the thing, abuse, but that's the thing. And that, if not, it's not a nurturing environment for the children and for everybody involved. Well, I, th- I mean, so we can't just <laughs> cookie cutter these ant we can't cookie cut these answers into these families you know the the people people who are together we have to be able to say to them you know what what are the agreements in your relationship what are the two of you got to put your heads together and make rules for the relationship and you got to follow through and you got to trust that the other person is going to do that and respect you yeah but i think the word abuse is overused I no, really there is a such thing I, I, as abuse. No, 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 I didn't say it's That's not. That's an actual No, 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 word. I didn't say that it's, it's a not. Real I thing. No, 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 listen. I did not say it's not real. I said it's overused. Because I've seen people use the word abuse 
to simply describe the fact that they were mad that they didn't get what they wanted. Okay, you know, so or, that's or, not abuse. Or, seriously, like, and, and that's you, clearly and, not and, abuse. And rarely, and it's usually... The I've one... heard people use abuse just by talking. If someone's saying something, just because you're talking and running your mouth, that's not abuse. Abuse, right. is, abuse is a real thing. Like, yeah. abuse is when you're in a relationship and in the midst of anger toward the other person, you put them down, you call them names, you hit them, you strike them, you yell at them, you do these things to them. They, where you put them down and you feel like you're better than them. That's abuse. Right. And I don't think every allegation of abuse fits those criteria. I think that when you start getting into, you know, I've just heard so many people say, oh, he was verbally abusive. And I, verbally and, abusive and, is and a I, thing. And I, I know it's a thing. Listen, uh -huh. you're not listening to me. What I'm saying to you is that when people say, oh, I, he was verbally abusive or emotionally abusive, mm -hmm. I'm the guy who says, explain that. Like, tell me what you mean by that. Because, mm -hmm. you know, if I know that person well, I might say, well, no, you're, you're calling it abusive because he stood up to you. He told you he wasn't going to do what you told him to do. So you define that to be abusive. Okay, so that's not abusive, of course. But abuse, you know, there's different, there's actual different forms of abuse. And there's actual, there's actually definitions of abuse. That's total disrespect and total disregard for another person. Mm, so okay. for sure, that's that's not tolerable at all in relationships. Right, I agree. You know, you really should, you really should put an end to that because it's it's just not a good outcome. Well, I would definitely say that mm -hmm. you know, it's easier for me to believe somebody's abuse if there was something physical that happened. If somebody's talking about emotional abuse, I think there has to be a deeper discussion of like, what exactly do you mean? What yeah, exactly well, happened? Emotional. Because, I, because I've just seen people claim emotional abuse when really the person claiming to be the victim was actually the perpetrator. Okay. They, 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 well, they, that happens or all they, the time. Or, or you push somebody's button so much that they, they eventually respond to you and then mm -hmm. you say, oh, you're abusing me. Well, well stop. Well, stop, stop. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, no, I'm just telling you, I've seen, I've seen, I know a guy who was a super nice guy, very kind, and his wife just kept nagging him and nagging him and nagging him. And one day he just like, blurted out like stop it get the hell get the okay hell. so emotional abuse emotion i just want to just jump mm -hmm. in here and just say emotional abuse is when you hurt your partner's feelings and the person is saying okay you hurt my feelings and then your partner's like i don't give a fuck if i hurt your feelings i don't care you know what i mean it's like i don't care so what i hurt your feelings so what i called your name so what i said these things about you i don't really care that you're hurt you know so total disregard for your partner's feelings that's emotional abuse yeah okay and, and, and I, I tend to live in a world where i just believe that if you leave people alone you should care about if you let people. if you let people just be i think things are easier and i think that sometimes we get in scenarios where people want to tell other people how to live well you can't and what, do that. what to think and what to do and what's appropriate and all mm -hmm. that and i just really think that that doesn't really work you know mm -hmm. So well, definitely in relationships, you don't want to. It can't just be one person calling the shots or another person calling the shots. It's a negotiated thing where two people get together and they say, "How are we?"